Welcome to Christian Curious with Dr. Haley Scott of Denver Seminary. What are the challenges we face in today's church and culture in a postmodern, post-Christian era? Dr. Haley believes that in addressing those issues, the church must adopt a missional mindset. Christianity does hold the answers to the big questions of today's culture. Let's join Dr. Haley for today's edition of Christian Curious. Why are young adults not going to church? A recent study by LifeWay Research indicated that 66% of the teenagers that you might see on a daily basis at church actually leave the church for at least a year between the ages of 18 and 22. So why are they leaving and what can we do about it? Well, in 2016, the Lilly Foundation provided a grant to 12 schools across the country so that they could come alongside local churches and congregations in order to help them discover how to reach this increasingly unchurched generation. You're listening to Christian Curious with Dr. Haley, where we explore some of the most pressing ministry questions of the 21st century. Over the last few years here on KLTT and now on Christian Curious, we've shared about this project and how it's been working in the Denver metro area through the work of Denver Seminary. I can't wait to hear from today's guests who are also part of the Lilly Foundation's Young Adult Initiative who hail from Trinity Evangelical School in Chicago as they tell us the results of this initiative so far in Waukegan, Illinois in northern Chicago. Joining us today are Pastor Harry Stackhouse, President of Dove Ministries International, who has pastored in Waukegan for 30 years, Raul Okoa, Elder at Journey Church in Waukegan. Both Pastor Harry and Raul were raised in Waukegan and serve on Mosaic Initiative Leadership Team. Daniel Hartman, minister at the Sign Dove Church in Waukegan, serves on the Mosaic Initiative Leadership Team. I should say that the Mosaic is the name that uh, Trinity has given to the Young Adult Initiative Project in their area. So welcome, gentlemen. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, thank you for having us. Thank you. Thank you. I'd like to hear a little from each of you, a little more about your role with the Mosaic Initiative. Pastor Harry, would you like to to start us off? Yes, I would. Thank you. Uh, thank you for giving me this opportunity. Uh, my role is basically to make sure that pastors are supporting the actual initiative of each of their churches, their teams. So we found out over the years that one of the reasons many things don't go well uh, especially dealing with the young people, is we don't get enough pastors buy-in. So what we do is we meet, build relationships, build reconciliation, and we have time for prayer. So we basically build everything around two things, relationship building and prayer. So we do that. My job is to keep those pastors together, keep them energized, so then we take that energy and pass that energy on to the teams. Great. Yes, um, just briefly, I mean, we have seen how important that is um, here at Denver as well, just the importance of having the pastor buy-in, and not because that they're not interested, but uh, largely because they have so much on their plates already to manage that it's hard to to keep a vision of the importance of this ministry. So thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Daniel? Oh, I try to serve wherever I can and helping out with the initiative, both on 
campus and in Waukegan and trying to see bridges built between uh, the communities as well and serve to support and, and listen to pastors and young adults as we collaborate together to advance what God's doing in our community. Great. Thank you, Daniel. And Pastor Ochoa. Um, well, my role, uh, I, I was born and raised in, in the community, um, and so I'd like to think that God has used that to be able to, to bring in relationships that had already been established in the community, but also been able to deepen those relationships um, with the congregation and also outside of the congregations, um, with just being able to, to be a, a faith that's familiar to the community, but also one who understands uh, having been raised and, uh, and basically lived my whole life in the community. Uh, so my role would be just a bridge of, 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 uh, of relationships with uh, the university and our team here also with Waukegan as a community. Great. So you're a point of reference for people in the community to be able to trust because you have been uh, raised there your whole life. Yeah, yeah, I would say so, yeah. Great. Um, could you tell us a little bit about uh, Waukegan? What are the unique characteristics and challenges uh, for this particular area? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, as, as we kind of look at our community, it's, um, it's a majority of brown and black community um, that has, that has uh, an, an amazing uh, deep roots with many people, um, which, is, which is a great thing um, that also leads to some great diversity in our congregation, some beautiful expressions of God um, in different ways, uh, which is awesome. Um, some of the difficulties in the community is we're, we're kind of centralized and, and just north of a very affluent area of our community. And uh, also to the, to the west of us, um, we have the same thing. So we've got these, this pocket of Waukegan, North Chicago, and Zion um, that kind of seem to be the ones that kind of burden some of the, the difficulties and some of the, the things that are, some of the injustice that, that occur uh, in our community um, are kind of centralized to these areas. Um, and so we get the, the opportunity to walk uh, through that with our community to be able to be advocates and voice for those who don't have a voice. Um, so Waukegan is, is a community that has a ton of potential, that has a lot of opportunities um, for, for us as the church to step up and to empower and to create um, abilities for young adults and also anyone who's interested to be able to uplift and to maybe change the face of these communities as we look forward. You you raise an important question or an important point that um, Waukegan is northern Chicago. In northern Chicago, mm -hmm. right above uh, downtown Chicago is a very wealthy community. And then you also very. mentioned to the west is also a very wealthy community. But Waukegan does not have that same distribution of affluence and um that raises an interesting point to to wonder what do those pressures look like in the waukegan community what impacts do those uh, exactly does does that have on the waukegan community to be s nearby so much affluence sure Well, I think one of the difficulties about being near such affluence is the, the comparisons that come out. And I would see this around the, the middle school age. And there's an awareness of why do 
the, the kids down the street have access to so much when, when we don't hear. And that can create uh, a, a, a confusion and anger, a bitterness. It can create um, a lot of questions about why the things are the way they are. And uh, certainly um, wanting to, to seek out, uh, you know, how, how can we be a part of uh, that, that greater affluence? I would say even uh, also uh, to add to that when we're referring to young adults, um, our community has a unique miss that other communities around us don't have. That there's a desire to get out. There's a desire to to, to make it and get out. Um, and so that's something that we hope um, as we move forward, as we continue to empower young adults, that the desire would be to use um, their giftedness and, and everything that God has given them and trusted them with as well to, to bless and come back and use in the community. Um, but right now the reality is one of the challenges is that is that there's a desire to to, to roll beyond uh, Waukegan and to get out. It's sort of like the um, something I heard years ago as a missionary in Russia called the uh, brain drain, where um, um, communities in Russia were struggling because the brightest and the best would often leave Russia and not invest in the community in which they grew up. Yeah. So the Mosaic Initiative is comprised of 12 different churches. Um, how did you go about selecting each congregation? Well, we simply sent out information to every church in the community. We sent uh, physical letters. We advertised the newspapers, on the radio. We held events to, to get the word out. And we tried to make sure that every congregation had the opportunity to hear about it and to apply to participate. And once you got those applications in, um, did you prioritize some over the others? No, no. Everybody had equal weight to uh, be a part of it. We we believe prayer is the most important thing that we do, and we believe it's we want to have God's heart for the community. And so the application process was first and foremost a process of prayer and discernment collectively as our team. And we thought it just so happened that we were choosing 12, and we thought that was a good, a good number. Yeah, that's great. We, too, here at Denver have around, I think, about 15 right now. So I think uh, across the board, we've, uh, each school has arrived at pretty much the same amount of, of churches. Um, on your website, you mentioned that uh, the Mosaic Initiative aims to advance a ministry of reconciliation and renewal by equipping students, developing resources, and creating new networks. Uh, given the cultural climate over the last few years, anyone can appreciate how important a ministry like this is. And so uh, can you explain a little bit about why that's important in your particular community? Yeah, well, we wanted to begin just by sharing uh, that those words can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Right. Uh, reconciliation and renewal and uh, we ground what we mean by that through the scriptures and the word of God. And so we define reconciliation as God is reconciling all things to himself in Christ. And that renewal is the hope that God is and will make all things new. So as that's God's priority and his mission, we want to join with him in that mission of reconciling all things to himself in Christ uh, wherever we can. And so that's the, the starting point for, for our ministry and why we, we do what we do. Great. And so why why is it important in Waukegan? You've touched a little bit about 
uh, the economic disparity? Are there other issues that make it important for you to um, to emphasize this? Yeah, I think the most important issue is the fact that God wants to reconcile all to Himself, and basically those that are ex that are outside of that. Our, our job is to make Christ known to them, and hopefully bring them into this position where they feel equal and empowered. And so we do that by by loving them, bringing information to them, resources, encouraging uh, them to use the giftings that they have. So I think it's very important that we understand reconciling them. To, God wants them reconciled to himself, but reconciled to one another for the greater good for the community. That's great. Reconciled yeah, to God. To that, yeah, go ahead. Uh, yes, if I could add to that, um, it, it's been it's been um, amazing over the last you know year or so um, as we have deepened our relationships with the congregations um, that we really have together. Uh, the pastors have have acknowledged and have repented for parts of the community that they have maybe not made a priority or maybe they have not necessarily been active in. Um, you know, some of those things could have been like local government and the school system. Um, and so those, those uh, you know, over the last, you know, year or so, God has really led us into, into this, this, um, this posture of repentance that leads us into action. And so out of the prayer time, out of the prayers that we prioritize, um, those prayers always seem to lead us to repentance on, this, on the shortcomings that we have as, as, as the congregation, as God's body for this community, and then they have led us into action, into action to be able to be the hands and feet, um, Christ's hands and feet in our community and also be able to fill in some of the gaps that we as a church have, have left um, by, by doing or maybe not doing things that we should have been doing. Mm. Yeah. Thank you, Pastor. Um, you mentioned that um, several pastors have repented and acknowledged that they've, they've been missing part of the population. What, what reasons have you seen for, you know, I hate to use the word neglect, but the um, oversight of this particular population, the young adults, why have they overlooked them? I think, I think you mentioned something earlier when you talk about busyness and you talk about um, and, and, and what we've noticed is that maybe it wasn't intentional, but it was getting so wrapped up and, and what God was doing within their four walls that I believe that there was a moment, um, it was maybe about a year ago, where one of the pastors from the congregation made a statement that I think um, allowed our pastors to see the broader picture of what they do and who they do it for. Um, when uh, one of the pastors said that um, that they were called into this community to co-pastor Waukegan along with the rest of the pastors that are in this community. And so I think that that shift occurs where instead of you feeling like your congregation is the epicenter and also the one that needs the burden of all of the responsibilities of what's going on in our community, now you can look around the table and you can acknowledge that there are other people that God has called into this community and you are simply a piece of co-pastoring this community that's been entrusted to all of us. Um, and I think that that's where that kind of stems from. I think that that idea of being a part of something larger, a part of of something bigger that God is doing in our community, has allowed our pastors to really have a different perspective. That's a really. And it just so happens that that. Go ahead. I'm saying it just so happens that that is very attractive for young adults. It it. 
beginning, there was a lot of conversation about developing ministries with and for young adults, and that certainly is, is needed and, and helpful. But there's a, a bigger picture that when young adults are primarily disengaged from the church, it, it's not helpful to tar- try to target them with a particular ministry. But when we ask the question of young adults, why are you not engaged in church? Why are you not involved? And they pointed out things that we talked about, you know, the neglect of certain parts of the community, the lack of authenticity in the community and so forth, the division that they've seen, that became the opportunity for repentance. And with pastors together, corporately repenting and individually in congregations, we've seen a church being more of who we're supposed to be, who we're called to be. And that, in turn, has been very effective for young adults to become more engaged, to find that identity, find that belonging, find that purpose, and be able to flourish. And then as they flourish, the church is flourishing. Mm-hmm. It becomes this wonderful symbiotic relationship. Yeah, I love the vision of pastors um, accepting a role as co-pastors of a community and being a unified presence. Because for so long, churches seem to be in competition with one another. And they have, you know, like uh, Pastor, I believe Pastor Harry said that, um, that they were concerned about what was happening within their four walls and um, rather than focusing on the community. And I think it sends a powerful message to, to young adults, to people outside the Christian faith, that when people are unified, when Christians are unified, it sends a very powerful message about the truth of the gospel. I mean, even Jesus says that um, they will know that I've sent you by the love that you have for one another. And one of his last prayers um, is just overwhelmingly the word repeated by one. I pray that they will be one. I pray that they will be one. And um, so you know that this was a is a deep concern for the heart of God, for the church to be unified. And it's really wonderful that uh, the Mosaic uh, Initiative has been able to bring that about in Waukegan. We're blessed. But we, we believe that the key to it is prayer and God's intervention. Amen. And we have postured ourselves to be in a position to stay reconciled, to stay in unity, making that a high priority. As far as you be with us, we're going to be at peace with each other and also with the community, which has given us an opportunity to work in. Yeah. So that means we're constantly trying to build better relationships at every level uh, with government officials, our district, our school districts, the people on the street, those that are disenfranchised. We believe that the history of Waukegan, uh, it, has a, it has a beautiful history. It's an economic history, multicultural history. It's very rich. And a, a city right now that's still made with talent, and our job is still uh, to bring us together, to keep those pastors unified, to push that idea of what it looks like to be Christ-like. Yeah. And Jesus said, how would, like you, you repeat it, how would Jesus know that you're my disciples? By your loving you one for another. Right. Amen. Yeah, I mean, the incarnational presence of the church can be so important to communities. I mean, we have seen here in Denver where churches um, have sold properties for developers because uh, the population explosion around here has um, led churches who are struggling financially to sell off all or just part of of their uh, property and whenever they do that they forfeit 
that the potential for the incarnational presence um, in the community to transform and be a light in that local community. So it's very important for churches to maintain, um, understand their role in the community, go, extends beyond the four walls to other churches and the community. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, each church is responsible for building innovative ministries to attract young adults. And I'm curious as to uh, unpack a little bit about what you have seen to be the most successful approaches to ministering to young adults that have come out of your congregations. Some, some of the most successful things that we've seen have, have, have involved like a third space, a space that's outside of the traditional um, church um, and those spaces, you know, have gone anywhere from jujitsu clubs to um, food trucks that provide healthy uh, alternatives for snacks or healthy alternatives for, for food um, into our neighborhoods um, to even, you know, um, trips with, with young adults and taking them outside of their context and taking them to places where they can experience God and see the larger picture of what he's doing um, across this country. Uh, but yeah, a lot of those uh, the, the successes come from I think that understanding that um, there are two options, and we can create things and hope that they come, or we can go to them and and, and be there and be present and show them um, Christ's love through our actions and through and through the things that we do within the community. Is that why you think that um, third spaces are so powerful because you're actually, the churches are actually going to the young adults rather than asking them to come to them? Yeah, I think in our community, traditionally, the, the hope has been that we will build um, a congregation and we will wait until maybe you are in need of us and then when that happens, we will walk alongside you. But I think that the shift of saying, um, well, these young adults and, and really anyone who is outside of, of the, the four laws of the church is, is in need of salvation as we are. Um, so what does it look like for us to meet them in their spaces? What does it, mean, what does it look like for the church to show up and to be the church um, in, in all spaces in our community, not just you know, reserved for uh, a portion of time on Sunday or even throughout the week? Um, so what does it look like to go beyond those those barriers or those limitations that we have at some point decided we're okay. Yeah, and it would seem to to be that if you're actually going out into communities and you're meeting people where you are, that that action is actually counteracting some negative stereotypes that Christians might have gained over recent decades of being judgmental yes. or hypocritical. Yes, sure. Yeah. Absolutely. So at the end of the initiative, just as in closing our time together, um, what are some things that you hope to achieve through the Mosaic Initiative? When we started the initiative, we had a focus on three areas. We wanted to see transformation in the lives of young adults. We wanted to see transformation in our congregations and our congregational culture intergenerationally. And we wanted to see our community change. We wanted to people to come into Waukegan years later and say, how did this happen? And the answer to be, his name is Jesus. And that is our, our hope. And that's, we want to see those three levels of transformation individually and also institutionally. Great. Ditto. Yes, I agree. So I the, ditto. <laughs> so how do you... I, like- also want to, I, I also would like to see uh, churches making room 
for the young adults, creating, giving them a chance to minister. Um, so we hope out of this that pastors will begin to see that it's necessary to change how we do things within the walls to make room for those young adults to come in and to serve the Lord as, as they have served themselves. Absolutely, because we know that um, millennials and now upcoming fat, hot, fast, and furious is the uh, Generation Z um, are very act, act, action-minded. They want to make a difference in the world, and they want to be part of the of, of good change that is happening in their community. Daniel, Pastor Harry, and Pastor Achoa, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate hearing um, a little, just a little bit. I know we only scratch the surface, but um, I really appreciate you sharing just a little bit about how God is working um, through the Mosaic Initiative in the town of Waukegan. Thank you for your time, and thank you for what you're doing as well. You're welcome. Thank you. You've been listening to Christian Curious with Dr. Haley. Reach out to me anytime with your comments and questions at drhaley at christiancurious.org. That's D-R-H-A-L-E-E at christiancurious.org. Stay curious. Thank you for listening to Christian Curious with Dr. Haley. You can contact her with your comments or questions about today's show at her email, drhaley at christiancurious.org. That's D-R-H-A-L-E-E at christiancurious.org. You may also learn more by visiting the Christian Curious website, christiancurious.org. Join Dr. Haley again next week for Christian Curious on AM 670 KLTT.